Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. It's that time of the We are back for another week here on the fifth and last NRL podcast, jumping straight into it. Set of six. Uh, I had a set of six the other day, Brock, of just points from the origin when we yep. did our origin review. And for anyone out there, uh, I haven't looked at the questions yet, but I'm going to get them up soon. If it's something we answered the other day, I'm probably just going to refer you back to the origin review. It was uh, pretty long and in-depth. It's our set of six for origin the other day, kicking that off. I had number one, Fafita proves why we want him to start all along. And I think that's pretty well justified in the fact that he absolutely carved up, led from the front, and was our best player. Correct. Yep. Uh, point number two, Daly finally got his substitutes right. We said it the last couple of years that he absolutely fucked up what he did with the bench. We both agree that John Cartwright being there, being an NRL coach, having that experience, probably led to him having a better idea of what to actually do with his bench this time. Yeah, I agree. Point number three, win or not, I still think I, I don't think he got his subs perfect. No. But better, much better, than, better than what he did. Yeah. Uh, tackle number three, I still think Woods is a power walker, regardless of what yeah. anyone else has set out on Wednesday. Uh, those offloads, he was getting wheelbarrowed. I still don't think he gets out of the ad line. And again, just going to throw it out there, watch his first contact in a lot of tackles. Uh, he doesn't win many, and he looks like he has to come back in for second digs a lot. Tackle four, to me, Wade Graham showed why he should be on the field for 80 minutes. As soon as he came off the bench, he was involved with two of those tries with James Maloney. Uh, he lit a couple of blokes up as well with his contact. His defense is massively underrated. Yep. Tackle five, Cordner was the right choice for captain, and that's another one we banged on about. We couldn't even believe they were considering Aaron Woods over Boyd Cordner. Boyd Cordner did exactly what you expect him to do, led with his actions, not his words, and you know, every single week what you're going to get out of him. Yeah, exactly right. And exactly. tackle six, wrapping it up for the origin set of six, Queensland finally got it wrong with holding on instead of blooding players. We said it previous years, we got it right about Ashley Harrison, they put Parker in, they've done a couple of those moves before. This time, there was one or two changes that needed to be made. They didn't do it. They paid the price, and now they have to come to Sydney to close out the series. Yep. Alrighty. Jumping in with our normal set of six for this week, Slater and Hess throw their hat in the origin ring uh, on the weekend. I know it was against Newcastle, but Billy Slater was absolutely exceptional. He had a hand in two tries, scored two of his own, was just absolutely involved in everything, and you couldn't have asked for any more of a way to fire a shot back at the coach to put him in. And Cohen Hess, 20 years old, he may have come out afterwards, downplayed it. Say he's not ready, and Paul Green agreed with him. But nine tries, 140 metres again on the weekend. He's just an absolute barnstormer of a player, and they have to put him on the bench. Slater should have been there game one. That was as good of a performance as he could have supplied to throw his hat in. He has to be picked. I don't care what anyone says about this loyalty bullshit. Pick your best side. He's in your best side. Hess, uh, find it interesting. Kevin Walters and uh, Paul Green butting heads a little bit on it. Paul Green saying he's not ready. Uh, well, based on what I've seen... If you put him head-to-head with Nate Miles, he'd kill Nate Miles. So in that case, for me, that's enough to put him in the side. So 
I, I'd be uh, I'd be starting I'd be putting both of them in there. I'd be getting rid of Lilliman, um, and I'd be getting rid of who was the other one? Nate Miles. They'd yep. be the two straight away. So, and the other one I don't get. Everyone's been saying about Guerra. Did anyone watch the game? Nah, Guerra was good. Guerra was better than the other two. Yeah, and if Dugan doesn't knock that ball out, he ran that whole short side play on his own. He's at least got what, some leg speed and the ability to drop? play tight and edge. Oh, uh, we're dropping uh, Justin O'Neill because he's injured. Yeah. Full stop. Yeah, even if he wasn't. Injured. So that's that's not even a forced change. It's a, you have to. Or oh, sorry, it is a forced change. Yeah. I, I can I'm, I'm going to say it. I don't. I would pick Billy, but the only thing that I agree with otherwise is the logic behind. If they're not going to pick him next year and they feel that Holmes can go on the wing, I can get that. But I'd still pick Slater. Yeah, I'd be bringing him in, putting Boyd on the wing. But if they don't, Holmes has to go on the side, obviously, and Gagai to centre at the minimum. And Jared Wallace has got to be there too. They're the three minimum changes that have to happen. If there's yeah. going to be a fourth, and he also played well on the weekend, I say Friday's time is done. Uh, a lot of people said he played well. I don't know what game they were watching. He only made like 40 metres. He's in, in, in his, the origin. Yeah, he's no. in his late 30s. And Kafusi did very, very well again the other night, probably solidifying a younger set of legs again for the bench, which is what they need to compete with New South Wales. Mm. Tackle two, the Bulldogs, to me, uh, like, again, I know we bag on them a lot, but their own fans are trying to boycott things at the moment, not going to the game this weekend. They're just an absolute shamble. Uh, on the field, off the field. Tactics, uh, their attitude, the fan day. Obviously, a lot of people pissed off that Des didn't turn up, and the club itself just savaging itself. Ray did this bore. They pushed uh, Raylan Castle of much notice last week. They really need to pull themselves together. They do. Yeah, they're a shamble at the moment. You're spot on. Uh, I don't know what the answer is because uh, what do you do? You suck Des, and then who do you get in? Well, that's the thing. The roster isn't going to change. I think the roster's the error. That's Des. I don't know. I don't know where you go. They've they've really handcuffed themselves to a lot of bad situations here. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out, particularly when they don't make the eight because they're not going to. Well, I'll tell you what. We said this the other day. A lot still came in and a lot and nothing's gone out yet. And they That's re-signed right. Hopawade. Someone's got to go. Yep. I know they've seen Cassiano, but I already know for the money that was mentioned, he's getting paid at the storm. They're still paying part of the freight. Yeah. So they've got more moves they've got to make. I don't care who you are. You don't sign Kieran Foreign, Arab Woods, upgrade players. The two they brought in for the two that possibly go out in Cassiano and Reynolds, they got paid a lot more than those two are on. So someone else has got to be going out the door. Otherwise, there's some sneaky brown bag shit going on. I don't care who you are. Exactly right. Um, that's just ridiculous to say that they've uh, shed enough players. Tackle three, Roosters and Broncos. I thought that was a great game after Origin. I know the Origin <laughs> usually dampens those kind of games, but the fact that there was, I think, nine players involved and the halves were missing or whatnot, but... Uh, I really enjoyed that game of football. I thought they were both outstanding. Cracker. It was a cracker game. Very defensive, which I liked. Uh, but there was some good offensive work. And in the wet, too. <clears throat> yeah. So tough conditions to serve up that kind of effort. Off origin with so many players involved. But, uh, yeah, you got to give your credit to them because I really, really enjoyed that game on the weekend. Tackle four. Panthers, those changes that we said from the start of the year that we thought needed to happen, stop carrying a bloody winger fullback on the bench, at least put Rain there. Obviously, with Wallace gone, he was forced to put Rain in full stop. That matched the style we were talking about. They needed to get forward, play of the advantage line. Moylan's been bitching and moaning from the back that he wants to play six. That move was made because Cartwright never was a six. We've seen that. It's not a long-term solution. And you've got Edwards, who's killing it in cut, killed it in 20s, moves to fullback. And also Josh Mansour, who directed their sets a lot better. Got things started, and I can't believe how well he played seven months after having ACL reconstruction. But finally, those changes in the spine we asked for made a hell of a difference. Yeah, they look a lot better. Um, probably the buy and a little bit of time off um, helped as well. And it's getting to that point in time where they have to get the whip cracking, don't they? So they're, they're 
forced to really play well, Penrith, if they want to make the eight. So, you know, it's been three in a row. I think Canberra and Bathurst is going to be a tough, tough game because Canberra is sort of in a similar situation, aren't they? They've got to win. So uh, it'll be a very, very good game this Saturday. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that one. Hopefully Canberra show a better attitude and play for a full 80 minutes. Uh, tackle five, the Warriors flop again in a game where it was there for theirs to be had. I think their halves to both starts were absolutely poor. But honestly, full credit to Parramatta. Parramatta have been hit by the injury. Parramatta were gone. They had no no players on their bench. They lost three by the end of the game. They lost two early on. So they were down to 15 instantly. And somehow they got the job done. Clint Gutherson is a lot better footballer than I thought he was this year. He's ticked a lot of boxes for me. And Nathan Brown has become one of the best forwards in the comp. He's... The best forward Parramatta have got He's by, by more. Absolutely outstanding. I thought last year he showed some decent changes, and I thought under Arthur he'd get better, but I didn't expect him to become basically a forward leader in this side. And he's cleaned out of his discipline. 100%. Uh, that's probably the biggest rap you can give someone. When you get tagged as a grub, and now you're getting paid respects as being like someone that people look out for when they play yep. against the team. And tackle six for this week. Raiders Manly is becoming a rivalry game. That game earlier in the year was an absolute cracker. Golden point at the Dylan Walker tension. Thought the weekend's game was pretty good again. Another golden point result. Last year they had a couple of close games, and I think this all stemmed from a couple of years ago. And the Raiders come off a massive win against Melbourne, then got towed up by Manly by like 50. And there was a bit of spite. And ever since then, these have been really good games of football. Yeah. But the weekend again, in particular then, I liked it seeing your mate, Daly Chair Evans, go out there and try to sledge Croker, who's had some trouble in the past knocking those goals over. Good to see him get some of the ghosts off his back when he knocked that one over from the sideline. Yeah, never, never look like missing. Nah, absolute cracker. But, uh, you know, you could say a little bit of luck in Golden Point. Paulo needed to hold the ball, but I thought Uarte also did play it. He shipped so it, yeah. One of those 50-50 calls, and in the end, uh, they got burned. Canberra, and another close game. That's their sixth game this year by less than a try they've lost. And yep. We spoke about them in this vein, not last year, the year before, as to why they missed the eight for a team that probably should have been there. So, uh, it may will it be another one of those years? I'm not too sure, but... That's a set of six for this week. Any questions you want to ask us, go onto the page. Obviously, going to start fan questions in a minute. But first, power rankings, Brock. So, for me, this week, looking at our power rankings, we'll do the top eight. Number one for me is still the Roosters. Uh, that's a great win. After the Origin period, uh, period, heavily affected. I still think there's improvement, and they're a great side. Yeah, I've got the Chookies up there. Uh, them and the Storm, I think, are on a tier of their own. I've got the Stormies at two. Yep, I've got the Storm at two. Obviously, with no Smith and a couple of guys backing up, Bromwich coming back in. I expected them to win, but not that well. I was very impressed. Uh, number three, I've got the Broncos. I've got the Sharkies. I've yep. got the Sharkies. Just a little bit above the Broncos because I think when the whips get cracking at the back end of the year, they're going to be in a better position to win it, I think. Yep, I'm probably with you there. I, I could have had it either or either, but at four, I've got the Sharks. Yeah, okay, I've got the Broncos. So, so our top agree. four basically hasn't changed all year. Uh, our top five basically hasn't changed all year. No. I'm, I'm assuming I've got the Dragons at five. Same, yep. Um, you know, they got the win on the weekend, a little bit scrappy, but we're not back, a couple of players off origin. They did the job. Number six, I've got the Cowboys. Same. I, yep. I really thought they might fall out, but they've... Getting better. Michael Morgan's got a lot better. He had a few yeah. hard weeks on his own, but now he's playing both sides of the field. Uh, the Hess-Talmololo combination coming on and off one another has kind of started to make up for what they lost in Scott. And the rest of those guys like Bolton, who don't get many raps, I think they're doing a real good job. Excellent. Would you agree, now we've got uh, Storm, Sharks, Dragons, Roosters. They're, well, the lowest is the Roosters on 18. Do you agree that they're, they're in? I got the top. The Roosters five. haven't had either buys either. So theoretically, the Roosters, well, we're looking at wins. Realistically, you've got 
Melbourne ten, Sharks nine. That top Dragons five's eight. locked in. Top five's locked in. I'm there done. You go. They're yep. done for me. Eight wins from the Brisbane up. You need twelve basically to get. So they in. need four more for the rest of the year. That's it. And yeah. so we're going to say right. So these all these teams that the, that are fighting for spots in the eight. You also need to understand that now we're, we're basically saying there's only three, there's spots, three left. spots left. And I honestly think that Manly have already showed without a lot of players that they're going to be someone to be reckoned with, and they didn't lose anyone really to Origin. And Penrith are still, like I know they've won three in a row, but they've they've still two two wins out of the eight. You know the problem there, though? And this pissed me off when everyone's going four in a row, 104 points. You've beat Newcastle twice, the Tigers, and you beat the Warriors. Yeah. They're all under you. Uh, and the Bulldogs, and the Bulldogs are terrible. So yeah. you haven't beaten anyone above you on the ladder. Well, they've beaten no one above 12th. Exactly. So my big thing there for Panther fans, as much as I enjoyed the change on the weekend, I wouldn't get too excited just yet. And they were down, what, 26-4 or whatever it was against the Warriors at half time we got beat. And that Brisbane game, I know a lot of people took positives at the end. They were garbage points. Yeah, you were rubbish. done after 60 minutes. So yeah. um, I hope they get, pull things together because they're a very talented side. Yeah, I want to see them in the A. They're I fun think... to watch, but the weekend's game is not a true reflection of those changes off one week. Yeah. We need to see... Even this week's going to be hard. Canberra's lost a few players as well. Yeah. They re- Theoretically, this week, weekend is a win. Yeah. They have to win this game. So we're, we're saying we've locked five teams into the eight. I've locked those five teams okay. in, easily. Yeah. I, I know you say don't look at the draw. But I can't help myself. The no, Dragon, but I don't need to look at the draw. No. I just know that how, how those teams are playing, the Dragons, it's going it's to need horrendous injuries or horrendous yeah. dropping form for any of those teams to drop out. Well, what the Dragons showed without Dugan and Widop and being in all those games and they were never disheartened uh, and the fact that they've got straight back to winning now and looked at their draw, they've got Newcastle two more times and teams like that on the way home. Well, you so go. you can already put them in as far as I'm yeah. concerned. Okay, so we got Cowboys at six. Uh, I've seven. got the Seagulls at seven. I've got them as well. Uh, you know, didn't have them in the start of the year. Super impressed, set it week in, week out. They they just play for each other. They're a real team. Yeah. Uh, and eighth, I've got the Raiders hanging on by the skin of their teeth, and that's purely because teams like the Titans aren't consistent enough. Uh, you know, the Warriors aren't consistent enough. Panthers, I'm not going to put in off one win. Eels are the only one that really could have pushed the case to get I've in. I've got the Panthers in, but I, I'd like I'd like just to have... Well, it's just because power rankings are based on right now. Yeah. Um, I'd like to only have a top seven. I think those seven are really... They deserve their spots there. Yeah. I'm Outside of that, I think I can. I've put a line through the dogs, rabbits, tigers, knights, and that leaves me with Penrith, obviously in eighth. So I've got Raiders, Eels, Titans, Warriors fighting out for those other spots in the eight. But I can't see the Cowboys not making the eight. I can't. Yeah. I now can't see Manly not making the eight. Um, yeah, well, so I really, for me, if, I, if I'm really going to be honest with everyone listening, I think there's one top eight spot left. I'd, the bottom is so bad and the top is so good. Well, like you said, Knights, Tigers, South, Dogs. I've and there's got... already a four-point gap between uh, eighth and the rest. Exactly. So, so like someone like Penrith right now need to get on a run, and they need to because sorry, they're not Sorry, apart affected. from Canberra. Canberra have won six, but uh, Manly, Cowboys, Eels have all won seven. Mm. So they, those sides only need to win five. You can basically have a losing record and still get in. Exactly, and that's what I mean with those top teams. They bank their points early. Origin may hurt them, but the Roosters again on the weekend against Brisbane. That one doesn't hurt as much for those two teams, both having wins. It probably more affects where you end up in the top four and getting a home final. And everyone getting excited about the Panthers, they're, they're on the same amount of wins as the Warriors. Yeah. I mean, what's everyone's opinion of the Warriors? Underachieving yeah, exactly. and, you know, can't make the eight. So, look, like I said, Penrith big... need to string a couple together. And particularly now, you're looking, they're playing teams above them. Yeah, and the big thing for them <laughs> is they're unaffected by origins. There's no excuses Correct. not to get on a run right now. Yeah, so yeah. I, anyone blowing up about me putting Penrith at eighth, I could have easily had Eels, Raiders, or Panthers, I think, are probably the three for me that 
I could easily have in eight. So if, yep. if you're a supporter of one of those, just know that Penrith went in there just based on what I saw on the weekend. So we're agreeing basically <laughs> that five teams are locked in and yeah. we've only got teams down to 12th, probably in contention. We've knocked out four teams. Knights, Tigers, South rankings, Dogs yeah. are all gone as far as we're concerned. <laughs> the bottom four, I, I, yeah, I can't. Yeah. So can't there's see. four teams outside the eight right now competing to get in, but I think it's going to be a struggle for many teams outside to find their way. But uh, Panthers need to start a run now. Raiders' depth is going to be tested, and the Warriors need to just wake up, and so far that hasn't happened. So, yeah. uh, hard one there, but that's the power rankings. And obviously, set of six. Done. Fan questions now. Andrew Locke, if the NRL is not going to get rid of scrum, should they change the rules so you have to pack into the scrum according to your position you're playing so the backs can run plays and make it worth having them? Uh, they, they could almost get rid of scrums. Uh, why are, they're not going to get rid of them because it's a tradition and part, part of the, the fabric game. of the game. So, so. look, I, I agree you could get rid of them, but I don't think they will. No, I don't. And, uh, you know, at the moment, I know people aren't happy with it. I don't like the fact the refs get so involved and make them repack it. They never pack it properly. Just no. get the ball and get it and out. The ball get never the game goes going. in the middle. It's not a contest. Yeah, but just let it go. Don't <laughs> make them repack it for someone's arm or get in tight. Just let it go. Uh, Johnny Samikas, and I'm sorry, mate, because you messaged me last week. Telling me how to pronounce it, but I haven't looked at the message beforehand, so I'll go to what you told me. Johnny Juice is his Johnny name. Juice. Johnny Juice. The Juice. The Juice. How the bloody hell does Mansour come back from that injury first game? No match, fit, no match fitness, not even a running cup input in a performance. I like have that. no idea. He's a freak. A lot of uh, hard work off the field, no doubt about that. He's a fit human, and right. he's playing on the wing. Like I don't, I don't want to bag wingers, but no. he's not doing a lot of defense, so he's got plenty of gas in the tank, and uh, he was great. I put it out there, I think I've mentioned before, in 20s when he was at South, he was a centre. He's just a muscle shark. He's not a bloke that even as a front rower coming in the middle, you want to see. What winger has more impact on a yardage game than Mansell? Well, not many. And fresh off an ACL, and I can tell you again, having two of those done, it usually takes a while, at least, you know, six weeks, eight weeks to feel comfortable. The fact he come back the way he did in the weekend, knocking blokes over, charging to the middle, carrying them with zero, you know, care factor, amazing. Yeah, um, seven month window is really impressive to get that injury turned around too. So huge by him. Aaron Wright, who's the team that always screws you in a multi? Canberra seem to be burning me the most this year. Well, they burned me on the weekend, one to twelve, uh, and they're in the Warriors probably. But I should I should have let my list with the Warriors by now. Just don't bet on the Warriors, people. Yep, How about that's you? it. Warriors. Oh. It's the Warriors, surely. You don't multi very often, do you? You're more of a straight up man. Yeah, I don't like multis. I get multis, and usually, like you say, any more than two legs is bad, and most of the time... It's bad. You're right. I always fall to pieces. David Boyle, can we put a pen through both the Warriors and the Dogs? Well, I'm willing to put a pen through the Dogs, definitely. <sighs> Warriors, not quite yet, but I'm super close. So, yeah, they're, they're on a very, very thin leash. But this origin period, Dave, that's what you've got to think about right now. Warriors lose this weekend. They're in big trouble. Pen. But this origin period is kind of a gift for them, so uh, hard to do so just yet. Diego Montoya, do you guys think Belly 8 will ever get another crack at Origin? It's a bit of a skid mark on an otherwise neat coaching resume. Well, it's a skid mark because other Muppets were picking his side to start with. Yeah, well, he went through a period there where our side was terrible. We were bad during the period he was coaching. Yeah. I, th- I think <clears throat> he, he should retire from uh, NRL coaching once those guys go or when, when his current deal ends, go and be the New South Wales coach for the next 10 years. I guarantee all things equal, he'll win at least 50% of the series well, that, gonna, that he coaches in. He's I'll, a gun. I'll throw it out then. I've read it in one of his books. He admitted it himself. The blight on his career, he even said, was origin. And the problem was, he's down in Melbourne. He said it's definitely something that you, you can't do as a club coach anymore. No. Because it requires a lot of attention. And at the time, he was forced to pick players like Kurt Gidley, who was captain off the bench who he didn't want. 
So his fix, and he did do it, was to try and bring the Melbourne system and those guys in when they dominate the time to get the job done. And they actually got quite close. Mm-hmm. But he basically said himself, all things equal, having his time again, if he had a full-fledged crack at it, he'd be very confident that things would be a lot different. Yeah. And he has a desire to do so. So don't be surprised when Craig Bellamy retires, if he doesn't take that job or the Australian job at some uh, point in time. But a uh, very exciting prospect to think that he will coach New South Wales at some point. Zach Maitland, race for the spoon. Knights versus Bunnies versus Tigers versus Dogs. Who gets it? Well, mate, I'd hate to say it. With all those teams, in, regardless of how poor they are, Newcastle just don't have the legs or the squad to go with anybody. So I think they still get stuck with it. Uh, and you can see them feeling the pinch right now just from not having those players in their squad. Yeah, Knights. Yeah. Jamie Dutton, why is it that when a possible try is going to the bunker, does the on-field referee take an attorney to call time off? I've got no idea. Mate. God knows what referees think. They're a different breed. There's no difference, uh, no two ways to answer that one. Andrew Pointer, opinions on earnings and expenditure figures provided by the NRL over the weekend. Rubbish. They're not specific. No, nah, well, they've just thrown out it. a figure. What, like, what Fuck, I can make a pie chart as well. Yeah, 100%. What are you actually spending it on? It's one thing to say we spent this much money, but was what you spent it on a worthwhile investment? No. Uh, was it, it wasn't an investment. Was it just useless spending? Is it dead money? Like, what are we doing? The fact we're getting a bridging loan already... After that, and then we've got a $2 billion deal coming up. We should be very, very worried about who's running the game right now. Exactly. Uh, and I'm not surprised the players are putting so much pressure on the NRL to provide more information. Uh, he's also got tall ask, but would you be able to explain who's the most influential player for each club at this stage in the season? Well, for all teams, we definitely struggle to go through all 16 right now. But your most influential players right now, if you're talking about the origin period well, and when you've got guys... For Melbourne... Yeah, but if, you, if he means origin with those players missing, you're looking to your senior guys. So for a Melbourne, Bromwich obviously just coming back. Uh, Billy, when he was there last week, those kind of guys that aren't in origin, you're going to look to those guys that have previous rep experience or have played NRL for a long time. Yeah, well, you look at someone like Nathan Brown, had a massive impact on Para. Uh, who else? I think Frawley's done some good things for the Dogs mm. in terms of his influence on the side. Like, they're still going poorly, but... Yeah. Uh, well, he's, Penrith, had, he's had an influence. Penrith, Penrith obviously got to keep all their origin players. So Moylan and those couple of guys, Mansour coming back in, they all stood up. I thought Merrin stood up on the weekend finally as well. Yeah. He's had a pretty quiet year. But, mate, in answering that band a bit broader, if you're talking about with the origin players out, look to guys that have played rep football who are no longer in the scene or just senior members of the squad, uh, pretty much. Lots of talk about Wallace and Hess. Do you think Corbin Sims should also get a run? No. I think he's been better since he's been at Brisbane, but to be honest, I'd still think Wallace, Hess, Cafusi are all in front of Corbin Sims for me. Yeah, agree. Uh, and for curiosity, besides league and NFL, is there any other sports you boys enjoy watching? I watch every American sport. I'm pretty much similar to Bron. If you want to say absolutely in-depth, follow it to the T, NFL, NRL, but I watch the basketball at the moment. Um, I watch a little bit of the Premier League and some of that stuff. Not so much now. It's not on Fox, but baseball. The cricket we used to really enjoy, but... I'm, you know, I'm more of a 2020 fan now BBL, yeah. than the longer forms. <laughs> but, yeah, there's not a whole lot. I also love boxing in the UFC. So Yeah, we're uh, across most things. I, yeah. I'm probably, yeah, I follow the NBA very closely. NFL is probably my number one sport, to be honest. Um, I follow that pretty, pretty much because I think the NRL is becoming a little bit predictable. Uh, it helps doing this because it... It adds that enthusiasm every week to be able to talk we about it. We get our own opinion we and do, frustrations yeah. out and talk to people like... But I know. think the, you look at Origin last week and then you look at the, the day-to-day NRL game and the, every every Origin... The, that Origin game, I don't think it was as good as what people have made out, but 
it was a false economy because every NRL game we watch is just WrestleMania. There's wrestling and it's just boring as batshit. Well, that's a good reference while we're here right now. Anyone that hasn't read the article Brock wrote about wrestling, get on to our page. It's also up on Mr. Gossip's page, NRL Gossip, about the wrestle. Uh, we'll post it up again later, but let me tell you, especially if you're a junior coach or anyone who watches a lot of the game, it's a worthwhile read. There's no doubt about that. Ben Richards, do you think there are any NRL clubs that could use Benji Marshall more than a bit part fill in next year, or do you think he should retire? Oh, I think Brisbane should keep him. I think Brisbane will keep him. As far as anywhere else in the NRL, I get where you're coming from, but there's clubs like Newcastle. If you're going to bring somebody like Benji in, he needs to improve your whole side. I think Benji's not that guy. I think he fits in perfectly at Brisbane because they have enough big names to kind of drown out the character that Benji Marshall is. Yeah. Um, he wouldn't fit in at a smaller club that needs help. He's a superstar. He's a bit of an individual. That's the perfect environment for him, and he understands his role at Brisbane being surrounded by so many big names. Uh, Matty Hunt, is Cheese Blair the biggest passenger in the comp, and will he wear long sleeves at the Nines? Well, the Nines is... passenger? I don't know what game Jimmy watch it, Matty. He's actually been quite good for Melbourne. <laughs> yeah, like, he's not He's not a superstar. Nah. He's definitely not a passenger. There's, there's other guys I'd list ahead of him in terms of being a passenger. And the Nines are a long, long time away, so... Yeah. <laughs> He, he wears long sleeve most of the time, doesn't he? Yeah. I like the long sleeves. I, I don't. Like that, I don't think he's a passenger, that's for sure. I think he's no. been pretty solid while he's been at Melbourne. Uh, Cameron Patmore, he's Cordner, the best player in his position in the game right now. Well, 100%. I think he's the best backer on the comp. Correct. Uh, all round, especially the package. I think Gillette, well, yeah, Gillette defensively is very good. I think Papali is very good. There's Wade Graham, but if you want to talk every single aspect, full games, uh, dirty carry out of... Yardage, line running, the ability to score tries defensively. He ticks every single box boy corner. And the difference between his best and worst is probably better than all those players, I think. So yeah. uh, most consistent and the best background in the game. I'd agree with that 100%. Patrick Rout says Panthers, exclamation mark. Well, mate, wait until we get to the game review. I think we'll go into a bit more depth about the pennies for you there. George Cronitas, do you think Panthers fans would be more excited about what they saw from their team this round or frustrated knowing that for the first half of the season, if their coach knew how to pick the right team regarding players' positions from the start. I know Mansell was welcome uh, back after his injury, but hard to believe his presence was only factor in how dominant the Panthers were. How was that rain, only Rain's first appearance for them this year? He still doesn't think he's got it right, and why isn't Peachy playing 80 minutes? Peachy should be playing 80 minutes. It's 100%. a long question. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Well, basically, it's all things we've touched on before. Well, he, yeah, he's he's cocked the selections up big time. Uh, I think that's the best side he's picked in terms of positions. Yeah, and he finally had three forwards and Peachy on the bench. If he's going to play Peachy off the bench in that sense with no winger, fullback, stupid backline utility, I'm fine with that. But I still think you have to find a way for Peachy to start in that side. Yeah. Um, you know, I think Wanga Blake's been a little bit better, but still, I thought Peachy started the year outstanding at centre, and people were talking about it in origin terms, and even some players... And people involved in those loops were talking about him. He was one of the best centres in the comp. So the fact that he randomly ended up on the bench after injuring his ribs against Melbourne, I found confusing. It is a luxury to have him on the bench, and I can understand if you're going to have anyone there, I'd rather him than Hicku or some random winger or fullback. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think I think he's kind of a victim of circumstance at the moment, purely because of how versatile he is, unfortunately. Agreed. Um, but, yeah, the obviously Mitchell Rain should have been playing earlier to help Wallace out. Wallace is now injured, so... Rain's going to get the opportunity. And to be honest, I think by the end of this year, and I said it last time, Wallace got hurt, I'd keep Rain. I'd stick with Rain at nine. Same. Uh, yeah. All the people that have been shitting on him for the last couple of years, I've said it before and I'll say it again. Wrong coach, wrong timing, wrong system. McGregor's learnt the error of his ways. If you put Rain back there now, 
with the way they're playing this style, he would fit in perfectly. Yeah. That was the problem before when he wanted to play that block, block bullshit, creative number nine, all these kind of shapes. How the Dragons are playing now is how Mitrain plays his football. And it suits the forward pack and the way that Penrith should be playing right now. I agree. Uh, Jack Neymar, Mark Quinn, love the podcast and love your guys' thoughts on up-and-coming talent. So this week I'm interested to hear who you guys think is the top five best young halves in the game. Young half meaning 10 first grade games or less, meaning blokes like Cleary. <clears throat> Ash Taylor don't count because we all know they're going to be very good. Well, Cleary. Mate, uh, if you're going to take Cleary and Taylor out of the equation, Brody Croft at Melbourne, he's the junior kangaroo halfback. Obviously, big raps on him. Watched him play uh, his first game last year. Thought he was brilliant. And there's a couple of other guys probably in the 20s. Dean Bloor, a uh, bloke we had something to do with. He's a junior kangaroo. He's playing 20s there at Penrith right now. He's a halfback as well. Uh, I've been saying it all year, and I've seen that Freddie Fittler posted up today, which I got the shits because people probably will acknowledge it now. The halfback who's half blind, who plays for the Dragons, Jackson Willis. If you watch the 20s, watch their side. They're very good. He's a gun. Yeah. Um, he's a very talented young <laughs> half. They, they led something like 38-4 or something on the weekend at half time. I turned the game off after that, but the first yeah. half, they were super. You've mentioned it before. Kyle Flanagan, Flanagan's son uh, in the well. 20s there. He's a good reason why their side's doing very, very well. Jai Field, he's another one. He's played junior kangaroos. He's played less than 10 games in first well, grade. Tora Bay. Um, yeah, Timo, New South Wales Cup player. He's very, very good, but man, that's probably highlighting a few more of the 20s kind of players and one guy in Cup that you haven't seen much of. Arda Hingano, I've still got raps on. I just think he was a bit raw probably to come into first grade and with the Warriors playing poorly. He struggled, but he's still 20s eligible. He's played Cup for the last three years over at the Warriors, so that's a couple of young halves for you there, champion. And moving on to the Twitter questions. How bad are the Bulldogs? Is it the players or the coach? And that's from Darren Lawrence. Both. Uh, it's a bit of everything. He's built that roster. People defending him this year saying, oh, it's not Des's fault. That's bullshit. He built that side. He put the style in place. Their attitude isn't great, but there's a lot of things wrong. And it's the players and the coach that need to turn it around. Uh, John Alty, how to grow crowds and expansion? We grow crowds by having the live experience, cheaper tickets. Uh, the live experience has got to be better. Like having, having gone to America, and I've said this before on the podcast earlier in the year, having gone to America, watch how they do it, we're well behind. Well, well, well behind. So we need to have a look at how to make it interactive, how to get people to come to the stadium, uh, cheaper food prices. I, I mean, on Friday night, I got we got in, we got, we're got ANZ members, so I got in for nothing. But you go and, well, to park, it's $25. We parked in Newington and walked across, like it's about a 15-minute walk. Because uh, I'm not paying $25 to park. Yeah, that's that's ridiculous. That's no. ridiculous. Um, and then you go and buy a bottle of Coke, a water, and a packet of chips, it's 20 bucks. Like, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Absolutely ridiculous prices. So, punch it. And I know that that's, they, they think, well, you know, we'll make cheaper tickets. We'll put the, the concessions up. So, the food and stuff is going to be more expensive. But, I mean, I went to the Super Bowl, and, and this is in America. Went to this year's Super Bowl, and I had, I went in there. I hadn't, I hadn't eaten dinner, and the game was at, I don't know, American time. It's about a six o'clock kickoff. I didn't have lunch because I was travelling to Houston from Dallas, so I'd, I'd only eaten a bag of chips at the servo, you know, mid-morning. Get to get to the, to the ground, and I'm walking around, so I didn't really want to eat. I was doing too much to eat. Get in the stadium at about, I don't know, 4.30, so I had 90 minutes before kickoff. All you can eat popcorn and all you can eat drink, $20. Nice. You buy your souvenir cup, souvenir bucket, and you just eat as much and drink as much as you want. 20 bucks. And the game goes for a long time, so you can obviously go back and help yourself again. Mate, 
I, like I, I went out, I couldn't, had to tie it in a knot because I was weeing so much because I'm drinking so much. Well, like, I'll tell you the other big difference. You brought up there, and I like that Penrith have been doing a lot. The one thing is, if you're going for one game, and I've said this before, I won't drink, I won't do a lot of those things because it costs you money, you've got to leave your car, yeah, how, you pay for parking, then you've got to get home. How do we get to a point in time when the Super Bowl, food at the Super Bowl is cheaper than food yeah. at a freaking Warriors-Eels game on yeah. a Friday night that no one's at? I, I agree with you. But the big thing for me... Game day experience, three grades. I love when Penrith have 20s yeah. cup and first grade and it kicks off at lunchtime. Yeah, and a beer, um, a beer yeah. should be no more than five bucks. Yeah. Let us have a can. Yeah. Like, give it to me in a can. I don't want it out of this pr- uh, plastic shit. Yeah. Seriously, I'm going to go on a rant here. There you go. Well, We're that, adults. That, like, that, in America, yeah. seriously, on Christmas Day, I was liquored by one o'clock because you can buy litre cans at the, at, the, at the basketball. Litre cans. I couldn't even wrap my hand around it. So you should be able to get a litre beer. Ten bucks on Christmas Day. Let's go. Litre cans. You know the worst Come thing? On. And I think you've got this from being an American. I got it from travelling all across Europe. Australia, we are way too PC oh. with our drinking culture. Oh. We are a massive... She al- said to me, do you want a handle? I said, what do you mean? She goes, I've got the, we've got these clip-on plastic handles because they're too hard to uh, they're too hard to carry. I'm telling you, free. I, I was in Berlin and there's blokes in business suits that knock off on a Friday. They got long necks and that's normal. They're allowed to walk around oh, with glass and they're crashing at the traffic lights. And this is a man in like an Armani suit. But in Australia, <sighs> we frown upon ourselves. Just accept the fact that we like a drink because obviously in America they didn't have a problem with it. Everywhere I went in Europe didn't have a problem with it. But we are way too. It's just more the pricing of everything. It's craziness, absolute craziness. Like we went, we went to NFL game in New York, shit game like Buffalo, New York, and it was the last round of the regular season. We bought lunch like so two two really big like chicken and chips. It was twenty five bucks American, twelve dollars fifty each. We weren't complaining about that, and no. it was enough food to feed you. Like here, they give you cold chips in a small bucket. It's shit. They charge you six or seven bucks for it. They're taking the piss a lot of these caterers and a lot of the clubs. So yeah, well, sort out the live experience. Well, I know we've gone on a tangent there. Yeah, well, that, that's rant, for your crowds. Expansion, <clears throat> I can sum up very, very simply. It's and not we, happening. We've talked about this a million times. We can't do it. We don't have the players. We don't have the depth at the clubs we have now to be able to do it. And how many sides are in our line now? Guys are still leaving <clears throat> to Super League way too early because, number one, there's not enough money for the bottom end and a lot of our depth heads over there early. So that's why this salary cap <clears throat> figure and the minimum <clears throat> wage to me and the bottom end needs to be fed a bit better in order to have any chance to even have 16 competitive I teams. I do like the idea, but of another, ga- another game. Another game. Another Another time, so it was more money <clears throat> yeah, and a boy. But we need to be able to do it, so we don't have someone like. And really, we've got fifteen clubs at the moment because Newcastle aren't a club. Like they're not an NRL standard side. So no, that should tell you enough about the player drain and the fact that we don't have enough players to go across all these squads. Yeah, I agree. Evan Treasurer, halfway point in the season. What's your team of the year, one to thirteen so far? Oh, that's harder. That. I wrote a few things down quickly <laughs> before I seen this. If you're going to ask me, like a position player. Uh, before Tom Trebojevic got hurt, I thought he was the best fullback so far this year. Yeah, close. Um, wingers, easy. That's Jordan Rapana. Yep. Centre, as much as it pains me to say, I'd probably say Dylan Walker. Uh, I, yeah. think, I think Tim Lafay is not far behind, though. I think Tim Lafay has been outstanding. Yeah, I think Will Chambers for me. I, I, I love everything that Will Chambers does. It probably doesn't get the notoriety, but... Yeah. Uh, if I could have one centre right now, it'd be Will Chambers. 5'8", I'd say Widom, <laughs> even though he's been injured as well. He's been brilliant. Yeah, he's been great. Yeah, Halfback, again, as much as it pisses most people off, you need to get your knickers out of a knot. I'd say Mitchell Pearce has been the best halfback in the comp. Yeah. This year, front row up would be either easy. It's Fafita or Vaughan. Vaughan probably off club form, but what Fafita did the other night. Fafita. Fafita would be probably your prop of the year. <clears throat> Hooker's Cameron Smith. I think that was Easily. a non-argument. The back row is Cordner. That's a non-argument. 
Locke, you could have arguments about because Gallon's been playing well, but I feel that bad for Burgess and think he's absolutely busted his ass in a shit side that I'd probably say Burgess is my lock of the year, but I'd be happy to give that to Gallon. Yeah. So that's not not quite a team of the year champion, but that's all the positions. If you wanted to pair a couple of people up with that, uh, you know, Walker Lafayette as the centres, Rapana, if you're going to give him a wing partner, I could say Addo Carr, possibly. Yeah. Uh, you know, the halves there, Fafita Vaughn, front rolls, Cordner Graham, the back row, Papali, Gillette, you name it. There's a lot of guys you could put in those positions, but mm. that's a rough idea. Uh, Tony B, as former players, what do you think of the Super League players having to play three times in seven days and how will it affect the next few games? That's insane, three days. Uh, three times in seven days. Ridiculous. The worst part is, Tony, and again, the players said this the other day, it's probably easier to back up with a shorter turnaround because you don't really get the soreness that bad and probably till the second day. But to play three times in a couple of days and just have that repeat, uh, you know, bruising, injury, stiffness, soreness, lactic acid, um, I couldn't imagine even, like now, obviously, but when I was even fit and healthy or Brock backing up three times in seven days and then trying to recover probably well, we four used or five to. days We later. used to. Oh, when you're at school. And you're when we're at school 15. footy and when you're not playing professional level. I saw Willie Mason post something stupid up saying, oh, you know, they're professional, they should be able to do it. Like, it doesn't matter whether you're professional or not. You need proper recovery, though. It's it's against everything that we're talking about in terms of player welfare. And you look from an NRL perspective and you've got Brad Arthur coming out saying Nathan Brown shouldn't have played and this guy shouldn't have played. From a player welfare point of view, we want to be really, really careful with what we're saying and you yeah, know, needling players up and how we're treating players because at the moment their welfare is coming second to yeah. the result of the game. Yeah, exactly. Um, and the Super League, that's, it's craziness. It's simple simple craziness. I know Easter weekend they usually have, they play Good Friday and Easter Monday. Mm. So again, they play two games. It'll be same. Seven in, some of them will play Sunday, Friday, Monday. Yeah. Well, so it's, it's three and eight eight days. It's, it's crazy. The main effect, Tony, and the thing you should be worried about if you're a fan of your <laughs> team is your key players are getting injured if they don't recover. You're a lot more susceptible when you've backed up multiple times and you're in a fragile state. It's very you, hard to recover. You fix it. If I'm, if I'm the coach, my reserve grade plays the middle game. Yeah, well... I'll just say, stick it up your ass. Here's the reserve grade side. I'm not playing it. Well, I'm not playing it. Well, being in England, if Tony is, I suppose the good example, that's the Premier League. When they have the League Cup or lower teams, they roll in a lot of guys mm. who they can rely yeah. on to obviously get the job done in those games. And uh, I know it's a bit different with squads with these kind of things, but I think I've seen a couple of teams, particularly Castleford on the weekend, I think they made some changes to their side mm. uh, with this in mind. So, yeah. Butsy, he's got here. Who wins a comp first, Newcastle or Tigers? Well, we've been asked this before. It's easy. It's the Tigers. Tigers. They've already done a very, very good job uh, with recruitment, and Newcastle's still struggling on that. Uh, Dan McCormack says, don't talk about the Tigers, but we just did, Dan, so apologies there. Gav, what's your view on mega stadiums versus suburban grounds? Well, they've both got a place. Bigger yeah. games, bigger stadiums. Smaller games, smaller stadiums. You can't get rid of suburban grounds. I don't care who you are. You can't centralise things. It's already been shown a million times with everyone that takes it, ANZ. I know the clubs don't have to pay the money. They like it. They turn a profit. They don't have to worry about anything. But a lot of people just won't travel to one stadium. They want the feel of their home ground. And even as a person who doesn't go for Penrith, I enjoy going to Penrith a couple of times a year. Yeah, same. Um, I love it. And if it stopped, you know, I'd be pissed off. So, yeah, that's being honest. Uh, Jody HD, he's saying honesty sessions. Do they actually work? I've never been a part of. Well, we have. We had one with our Seagrave boys. Oh, okay. Well, if that worked. To... We won a comp out of that. I, uh, if I'm going like 20 school, anything, I think maybe possibly at Canberra we had one after a game where we just absolutely shat the bed. Um, I think we won the week after, but to be honest, it was a bit weird. We, we didn't. I, I like it because I I'm a firm believer that if you need to be honest with people, yeah, and I'm going to shoot people straight. Um, 
And look, the wheels were falling off our side at that, that point in time um, in that season. So I thought, well, if, if the wheels are going to come off, I'm going to knock them off. Mm. I'm not going to allow them to fall off um, without a element of control. And it turned out that that was a turning point. So, well, we, You certainly lay down the gauntlet, which is another thing. When you challenge people, and especially at the NRL level, if you challenge people's left, uh, you know, level of commitment, their professionalism, yeah, uh, it certainly lights a fire into some people's asses if you challenge their commitment. Yeah, you just got to be careful when they're contracted players and they're there for a yeah. long point in time. This was sort of the end of a, a period of time in an age group, so we they were going to move on. We were moving on, so yeah, uh, it's a little bit different. Last ditch effort to get them across the line and ended up paying dividends because yeah. they caught fire at finals time and they won the comp quite easily. So uh, true grits, tough position on the field to train someone for. Puff. Halves. Yeah, have to be half. And the reason, and the next part of the question is, what's the position that don't have a lot of young talent? It's half. Well, because coaches just ignore them. I don't know how to do it, so I'm just going to ignore it and hope that the next coach that they come across will fix it. Um, and look, I'm guilty of that as a young coach. I've been work, fortunate enough to work a little bit with Andrew Johns at the Roosters very, uh, you know, in, in a few sessions, a handful of sessions, and I've learnt, 15, 20 different things that I would never have thought of in terms of development of a, of, of a halfback. I never played halfback. Um, I always try to have a half on my coaching staff because they're a different unit. They're a different breed halves. You know, they have to run the whole shot, organise everything. They yeah. have to be the most so, talkative player on the field. I'm a firm believer in that. I'm not a I'm not an expert at coaching halves. <clears throat> so I need to get someone on there that knows or has played the position who can be a little bit of a point of difference to what I, I can bring. Yeah. So. Uh, but I do feel better equipped now, having having seen the best ever show off, you know, some drills that he used to do and what aspects of the game he sees as important, and you know, learning a whole heap of different things. So, but I'm very, very fortunate that I get to go and look at that as a as a coach. That not a lot of coaches have that available to them. So, yeah, I think if you're young, if you're a coach and you're coaching young halves, let them play. Don't don't structure them. Well. I wrote, make them play square and make them look up and make make them play what is in front of them, not this robotic shit that we're seeing on TV every weekend. It's I was rubbish. asked the other day, and I've posed this a million times, and one of my former teammates who I played at Canberra, I said, don't you find it funny that what got you here is not what keeps you here? Like, they got yeah. me from park football because you offload and do this, and they got another bloke because... And then they get you, they turn you into a robot. He ball plays and does this. As soon as I got to Canberra... Coach it out Don't here. pass, don't do that. And then by the end, I'm sitting there going, well, what, what did you pick me for? Yeah. If you wanted me to come in, run lines, block for the kicker, do this, just go get a massive fit, six foot two, 110 kilo guy. Robot, yeah. Because I'm not that guy, I'm a footballer. Yeah. And, yeah, they kind of just kill that, but... Mate, uh, toughest to train for and the least lacking as far as talent is definitely halves. Yeah. The other one that's tough to train for, I'd have to say, is fullback. And it's a pretty hard position these days as well. But yeah. another one that's got a lack of talent, and I said this before, is centre. Centre's a dying position. But the main reason for that is because a lot it's of centres, the if they're big enough, they move into the back row or they get pushed to the wing because they help out in yardage. So, uh, yeah, there's not a lot of good centres anymore. Daniel Sandlowitz, he says, percentage of players who give everything in a win, e.g. Slater, as all I see is people happy to be paid well and win or loss, they don't care, i.e. Knights pre-Brown. Honesty, please, looks like most players, sadly, just don't care. Uh, I think if you're talking about every week, not many players in the NRL, I think, could say, hand on heart, I put in my absolute best every, every week for every week of my career. I do, however, think that they're a high percentage that 99% of the time they're busting their ass. I have the odd game where they're a little bit off or there might be something going on off the field. Yeah, We're all guilty of that. Um, out of 100, 100 days at work, I 
I guarantee you I don't have 99 good ones. Um, so I, I'm definitely not perfect. I do think there are some players that probably look at it as, as a business. They, they sort of don't. They think as long as they've got, they've got a contract, they feel a little bit safe. Well, we've said it before. Guys get a big deal, flatten mm. out, and then when a contract year comes up, they all of a sudden they spark up. up. But it's yeah. longevity, taking care of yourself. It is sad, well, especially if you're investing. I don't think the, passion, the level of passion in the game is what it used to what it used to be. Well, again, with loyalty, it plays yeah. a part. I think, again, you don't get ties to places and that brings in, again, that element we just spoke That's of. Sad. That, that that's something thing. that I wish was still involved in the game because there's nothing better than seeing someone playing for your club or your team that are as passionate as all hell and just will do anything for the jersey to win. Yeah. And, and there's not many of them left, unfortunately. And as you said, that's a, that's a direct result of it yeah. turning into a business. Big part is turning into a business now. You look for yourself. You don't look out for a club. You don't really form a bond. There's rarely players at teams now, but... Uh, yeah, that's definitely a big reason why. E Rascals, Lola here, looks too heavy to play fullback. Who are the starting halves of Tigers next season? Hashtag Tiger Top 4 2018. Well, he's heavy right now because he's been doing bugger all, playing cup and squeezed out over there. Trust me, he'll have those kilos run off him. He'll be the first one playing fullback next year. Josh Reynolds has gone there to play six. Luke Brooks will be playing seven. Lola here will be playing fullback. Agree. And his next question was, whose window to push for a premiership closes this year? And I think this one's easy to answer as well. The Storm. Storm. Smith, Slater, Cowboys. Cronk, Cronk's moving on. Harris has moved on. Proctor's moved on. Cowboys. Depending Probably on... Oh, Sharks. Sharks are going to end, surely. I think if they... What, with what they've got now and who they've locked up, depending on who they get in as their centres, I think they've got a pretty good crop of kids. Okay. I think, I think yeah. next year's still open for them. Do you want See, to I think Storm as well. I think or, Storm's done after this year. Okay. Even with Smith there, and if Slater pushes one more year, he, he's not lasting much longer. That spine needs to be real built. Uh, you know, losing both the back rowers. So uh, this is it. Chips this, are is, this is Storm's year. Okay. If it's not this year, that's the end, I think. That's why I've had hundreds and hundreds of dollars on the win comp. Tell me. Di Henwood, the great man from New Zealand over there. He's got a question for us here. He loves his Warriors. Is there an answer for the Warriors? What do they do on their bye weeks to get back on course? Well, hard work. They, they need to work on their defence because they're sliding while the ball's on their inside. They're not moving up. The, the few occasions there where Parramatta ran out of room on, on an edge and then just stepped back in underneath and scored because the Warriors are just standing on their try line was crazy. Watching it live... I, I honestly think they need to find the fun in footy again. They, they don't look like they're having fun at all, the Warriors. Their enthusiasm, body language was poo the two times I've seen them. Well, I really wonder, <clears throat> and I don't want to blame the coach again, but is Stephen Kearney an NRL coach? He was bad at para. Mm. He was good for the rep saying, you know, it's a short turnaround. You don't have to do a whole lot, and things are pretty easy to organise for the New Zealand. But he got there at the start of the year, started talking that same bullshit that he did with his Eels. You know, completions, we did this well, we did that well. That's not going to help the Warriors win games of football. And I go back to, again, I don't want to blame the coach because they've been through so bloody many, but there's only two guys that have got the best. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. That's Daniel Anderson and Ivan Cleary. Mm. So, I think the yeah. Warriors needed to go as hard as they possibly could for Cleary. 
to get Cleary back there, but they've, yeah. they've missed that boat now. They're, they're with Kearney. I, I think they've got to stick with Kearney. 100% for another year. For another year. The other thing is they've got, they've got Andrew McFadden there, who's the ex-coach last year, and he's running the water out. Look, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't have anything to go on here. Yeah, but it's I, still awkward. It's awkward. You get because sacked. you've got one coach, and then you've got the former coach running the coach's messages out. Yeah, it is I, weird. I'm not saying I don't trust Andrew McFadden. I, I'm not saying that. I, but if I'm the coach and the guy that got sacked is running the messages out for me, I wouldn't feel yeah, he's your assistant. <laughs> and it, I don't even, know. even for the players, I, it's a bit weird that the guy you just had, who you weren't playing that well for gets demoted, not fired, and he's still there. Yeah. You kind of, or he's, you know... No, if might, he's not good enough to be the head coach, then yeah. get rid of him. And I think Kearney will probably make that change next year. But honestly, Dave, I, no, I think no one's got the answer for the Warriors. The only two blokes who... Keep supporting them, but they'll come good. 100%. Yeah, and too much talent there. And I I genuinely want to see them go well. The I Warriors. do too. I, like, I've, been, I've been to watch them twice because I... I really respect Kieran Foran as a player. Uh, I, I love watching Sean Johnson play live. I just I like their spine. I think their spine are footballers. They are they're not robots. So I go there to watch them to watch the way they play and to hope they turn it on. But you know I was I was obviously very impressed first half against Penrith. They they turned it on and they were exceptional to watch live. But in the in the three other halves I've seen since they've been unimpressive and unenthusiastic. So. Well, I'll tell you who's been better the last few weeks and he's been poor since he's been there is Isaac Luke. Isaac Luke was great against Parra, I thought. He's running the football plenty. He looks in shape again. He looks very, very keen. So mm. uh, I think he's been better. Yeah, he's been, he's been improving. Todd Pugh, uh, do you think with the salary cap issue of the players that we could maybe move to a percentage-based contract? Will then, buy fair, then be fair no matter what the cap is set at. Also, great work, guys. Listener from UK gets me through the work working week. Good on you, Toddy. Uh, look... NRL clubs are currently working contracts out based on percentages. So to answer your question, that's already happening. Yeah. Uh, I know for a fact, well, I'm not going to name the clubs, but I've been involved in a few clubs. I know that two of the clubs I've been involved with, that they, that's how they work it out. It's not a, not a money thing. They go in and say, look, the cap's going to be this. You'll get paid that percent. Once you hit, most clubs I think are pretty comfortable to, to work up to 95% of the cap. So it gives you a little bit to upgrade guys and get someone in if you get an injury, et cetera, et cetera. But most, most clubs right now, are, from my experience, are working based on percentages because then it doesn't matter, for example, if you're on 400 this year and the cap's going up. Well, you're not on 400 next year. You're just on whatever whatever percentage it goes up, you get that increase on your contract. Yeah. So it's very easy to work out situations like that. 100%. Mitch, what's the first five things you would change do if you walked into Belmore to coach? Uh, I, my halves would be handling the ball more to start with. Yeah, number one, front rowers play front row. They push in numbers, they roll the ruck, and number nine, Leisha, also gets to play on the back of hopefully fast play the balls. I also think they need to place some emphasis on the Morris boys running from dummy half. I'd either put them both at centre or both on the wing. I'd want them carrying the ball from dummy half. Yep. I, as you said, the middles are got to play as middles. middles. <laughs> uh, their defence has got to get better. The halves have got to get the ball in their hands, and I Fifth think you got to, yeah, their kicking options have got to be better, and they've got to sort out fullback because fullback's just a basket case for them. And, yeah. and let uh, let your, your your mate run. What's his name? The the hooker. Leisha. Let him run. All these small number one thing is making the forwards actually play like forwards. Roll the right, push in pairs, push the offload too when it's there. Actually wreck the ruck so the nine can run and push off that. Halves play what you see, like Brock said. Outside backs need more involvement. 
Um, fullback's got to be better. And the other thing is the bench has to change too. There's too many heavy guys there. Guys like Raymond Faitalamara and I watching Cup. Ran off to Amaga, they just re-signed for three years. Still weren't playing. Killing Cup. Mobile, big footwork. That's the way you've got to go. Him, Faitalamara, I watch week in, week out, and I'm just sitting there going, what are you doing? Yeah. Your bench is fat, you know, slow, lazy, no impact. Get these guys in that are big, dynamic, and have footwork. They're a couple of changes I'd make straight away. That's for sure. Mitch, oh, sorry, it's done. Mitch, Benny Storer, thoughts on the Magpies return to the New South Wales Cup next year in 2018, tipped to beat Campbelltown Boast. Well, mate, it's a good move. all I can say is fingers crossed is better than last time because if I remember when they finished up a couple of years ago, they were getting towed by 70 and stuff like that. That was the Magpies. Well, their Ron Massey Cup side's going very well. So Not very well, but they're, they're competing and they're right up there in that comp. Yeah, so. if I remember when they were in... You know, when I was a bit younger, maybe at Canberra, they, their last year wasn't pretty at all. No. They got beaten up pretty badly. But fingers crossed, things are more successful. So does that mean that they're going to have a Balmain, Balmain and West? I think their cup team is just being put in as the Western Suburbs Magpies. So that'll that'll be Balmain as well? Or not? I didn't say that. I saw a snippet of the press conference. I didn't watch the whole thing. But I think it's that's representing the West Tigers. Good. Benny might be able to confirm that for us. But I've seen Ivan clearly. I didn't get to watch the whole thing. They need they need it under the one banner. But I think they're announcing their structure for next year. They're obviously, Ball and that, they'll be as they were. 20s, they're the Tigers. I think Cup, they're called the Magpies. So... So he's... Yeah, okay. Yeah, I think that was the gist. You can correct me if I'm wrong. No, I, I don't I know. Think, either, uh, yeah, I didn't say that press conference because I've been working bloody shifts and haven't kept up a lot of stuff, to be honest. But that is all your fan questions. Thank you very much for those. Much appreciated. Anything we do miss or if you've got one late, feel free to post on the wall or let us know. Power rankings, chuck yours up on the wall as well. But game reviews, Brock, to finish things off. Storm Newcastle, 40-12. to 12. Pretty straightforward. The Storm without Smith... Uh, but they were just they were very clinical. And Newcastle, uh, mid-year, they've tried very hard. You know, they've been in most games, but they've kind of hit that flat spot that we talked about. And mm. they paid the price the other night, even with Smith missing. Honestly, it was just the same game it always is. They can't win the meterage battle. They were pinned in their own half. It literally took them until almost the 70th minute to get a tackle inside Melbourne. Yeah. Melbourne's 20. That's how they were just... They had no possession, no territory... Um, they had a player binned in the first half because they were trying so bloody hard just to stop the ruck. I thought they did very well to go in, um, you know, with a try at half time. And CO, if he would have scored, it would have been 16 12. Yeah. Billy Slater was outstanding. Cooper Cronk's been playing very poor. I thought he was pretty good, as was Kafusi, but um, uh, this was just one way traffic. No, there's not much to say about it. Not much to say about this game. It was pretty boring for me. I, I love watching Melbourne play, but. After 10 or 15 minutes, the game was gone. So it wasn't really a contest. It was just if you wanted to sit down and watch Melbourne play some footy, then strap yourself in. But other than that, yeah, Newcastle were, were poor. Well, if it takes you 70 minutes to get one tackle inside 20 and the other team's been inside your 20 39 times, you're hurting. Yeah. Pretty straightforward. But uh, I will give a wrap to Dane Gagai. He backed up fantastically well. I thought he played very well for uh, Newcastle. And obviously, Daniel Safidi is the one real shining beacon every week. I watch Yeah, Newcastle he's going play. well. He's outstanding. Uh, Warriors Eels, you were there live for this one. The Eels got the the Bickies 32-24 for me, sitting there watching at home. I just thought the start of both halves for the Warriors killed them. First 10-15 of the first and second half, I thought they were awful. And they just had to dig themselves out of a hole twice, and they left it too late. Yeah. They don't look a harmonious bunch. They don't look enthusiastic. In terms of the game, I thought the Eels did a very, very good job. Come half time, Brad Arthur actually coached from the sideline second half which is unusual. He's usually always in the box. But to try and will his side home, he knew it was going to be a big test. Yeah, well, they had lost. no one on the bench. He lost no one Hoffman. On the bench. He lost, uh, obviously, Kayser Pritchard, Super, Elmer Chert, and then he lost Gow late on. So yeah. to lose 
your one number nine that you've got, they don't carry a bench nine. Yeah. To lose a winger, which is an awkward position to reshuffle, and then a bench utility who plays tight. And they still win. Yeah. Outstanding. Look, they they did they did uh, try some tactics to slow the game down. Steve Kearney may have mentioned that in the press conference. He's one hundred percent right, but that's not Brad Arthur's responsibility. He no. he took advantage of what the referees allowed. Mm-hmm. It's poor by the referees. I agree with Kearney. Yeah. Uh, referees should have managed it better because it seemed like every time the Warriors got on a bit of a roll and we're going to do something, an Eels player would stay down and the and the oh, fluff Edwards, was taken out of it. Kenny Edwards at the end there. Gordy caught him out. Gordy's got him. Oh, mate, more than one person caught him out. When I was watching Fox, somebody caught him out as well. Okay. Uh, he did say they don't know if he's hurt his knee or he's concussed and the next minute he's taken an absolute barnstorming carry. If go watch the uh, go watch the Canberra game as well. Blake Austin took one on, on the weekend as well. Um, yeah, he tried to lay off. down after and he got looked hit. up, yeah. looked up when he was laying down, and then saw that they weren't going to blow a penalty and put his head back down and stay there for a little bit longer, and then got up. So, well, the big thing for me coming out of this one, uh, I think Moses has been okay since he's been there, but honestly, I've said it before and said it again, I just don't like him because of his defense. It's absolutely rubbish. He let three of the tries in, and why the Warriors didn't go there more dumbfounds me. They kept going back to the right when you've got this bloke parked on the left who you literally ran a Mack truck pass three times. Yep. Figure that out. Yep. Um, Should have kept going there all day. Like I backed Ryan Hoffman to score a try. So, so. did I because you told me and I looked yeah, at I it said, and I thought, well, Mitchell Moses is there. Yep. He's got no leg speed left and he's still got Doesn't past matter. him. So. Uh, even Mannering, no leg speed. He went straight past him as well. So. Yeah. They, they should have just been setting up to the right post and going straight at that left-hand side all night until yep. the Eels fix it. Exactly, and until they do fix it, then you head somewhere else. But um, yeah, you watch Gutherson. the Cowboys; be, that's where they'll be going. Clint Gutherson, uh, he's grown leaps and bounds. Thought he was fantastic. Obviously, scored the try that sealed the game. And on the Warriors side of things, I think James Garvey has been back to some better form this year. He's injured now this week, so I think that hurts. And I think Johnson should have left, to be honest. Um, he's, yeah. just, he's still in his comfort zone. I know everyone around him is probably not still playing that well, but I don't think we're ever going to see the best of Sean Johnson while he's a Warrior. Um, that's yeah, it's just, sad, isn't it? Yeah. That's my opinion. And, and I feel bad for Roger Tuivasa-Sheck because I still think he's trying his backside. Yeah, out. I was going to say, in he, that he deserves a mention. In that environment, it's just killing him. Mm. Um, and it's pretty sad Luke to see. Luke was the other one I thought live was good. Yeah. And, and a lot of the times he's going through, he's running from nowhere. There's no one with him. No, there's zero players around him. And we, we made mention of, uh, obviously, Nathan Brown, who's been obviously outstanding as well. Uh, Dragons, Tigers, 16-12. Uh, honestly, I thought it was a little bit sluggish by the Dragons after a week off, and you got a couple of players returning, but Widock was brilliant. That first try he scored was an absolute cracker. I thought Dugan coming back was absolutely brilliant as well. Um, you know, in that battle, when we talk about Vaughn getting over Woods, I thought Woods won on the weekend, unfortunately. He did, yeah. Um, he was better. He... See, that's where we're not biased. No, we're not biased. He played better. I thought Woods was ordinary in origin. I thought he was very good on Saturday. Weekend, so. he was great. A couple yeah. offloads. He tipped a few people through the line as well, but... To be honest to me, I really felt weird about this game because I felt like the Dragons could have scored at any moment. Yeah. I thought the big problem, which they did, didn't do against the Warriors, is when they got a string of offloads together, they knew when to die on a play, set something up off the quick play of the ball and run again. Yeah. On the weekend, it just seemed they always wanted to push that one more pass when they had two or three tackles left. And every time they did, they dropped the football. So um, good effort by the Tigers. And clearly, the Dragons were a bit frustrated. They came in really tried to slow them down, push the, pushed it in the ruck to try and kill that forward pack. They did, yeah. And they did get uh, some success there, but um, some class by a up in the end. A couple of good scrambles by Dugan when he like, got across there and tackled Tedesco, good effort. And uh, Frizzell's try I thought was a cracker. Always good to see a big man barnstorming and 
been cleared of any severe injury. I think it's a rib cartilage, so mm. should be good to go for Origin, but a bit of a scary moment there, I think, for some New South Wales people. Definitely. Uh, yeah, I definitely, definitely want him to be a part of that side. Yep, agreed. Um, Tigers, like I said, thumbs up. Lowly his first game. Thought he did a pretty good job, considering he's carrying a bit of timber, hasn't played a whole lot of footy this year. <laughs> That's fair. He'll be, uh, he'll be better for the run next year. There's no doubt about that. Mm. But, uh, Dragons, getting Widdop back. Your team's been outstanding. Everyone out there who's a Dragons fan, I think you've got a lot of things to look forward to. You do. you got a pretty friendly run home. So. It wasn't their best performance, but they won. No, no doubt about that. And I'm going to say it again, and I wouldn't have said it in the past again, show I'm not biased. Josh McCarron's been brilliant this year. He has been. I thought he yep. kicked really well again on the weekend. He's played some good football. but uh, Broncos, Roosters, 18-16, poor conditions, nine players backing up, and you had the halves missing. Honestly, I I thought this game exceeded my expectations from what I was expecting, given the circumstances, the conditions, and the week that they've had, and in yeah, in those conditions in particular. But Boyd Coidner, uh, sorry, Boyd, this is what bloody work a night shift does, dear. Boyd Cordner yep. was absolutely monstrous, considering that he played Origin on Wednesday, and the other one was Jake Friend. Jake Friend had an absolute pearler of a game, but. This is one of those games, like we talked about, very defensive, very grinding. I thought they threw a lot of each other. I think in particular, second half, the Roosters had to absorb a lot and the Broncos had to in the first half, but uh, it was a great game. Two quality sides that are going to be there at the point end of the year. Yeah, that was a semi-final-like game in wet conditions, post-origin. Great to watch. I thought it was uh, it was trying. It was my type of game. I, I love the defensive side of it. Great. Yeah. It, was, it was good. Good to watch. Well, particularly, you mentioned that second half, I thought Brisbane just parked themselves at the Roosters, but they held strong inside 20 for almost half the second half. Oh, I thought half they there. were gone. Yeah, so did I. They were there. Obviously, they and got then a... they, they come back. Like, credit those... to Brisbane. They're never dead. Yeah, and those late tries and... I thought Benji was pretty good the other night, too. He, I thought he was well, not their best player, but he was, he was bloody close. Pretty bloody close. And uh, Corey Oates, again, I think, backing up. Bad conditions. Plenty of work he got through. Yeah. Thought Moga helped out a lot in those conditions because they're not a big forward pack. They need those guys to help. Well, Benji hit him with a lot of early ball, which was smart. Smart thing to do because he's a big man. Yeah. But, uh, the other one, James Roberts. Said, dead set. I know it's a bit of a sore point because he left your mob, but when he gets early football again, you don't need to set him up. You just chuck the ball to him. When they yeah. started oh, going I had him in my origin side. So. Oh, so did I. But, but. He's a grub. Yeah. I don't like his, uh, <laughs> that he just shit-canned the Titans to go to the Broncos after we'd picked him up and turned him into what he is, but he's killing it. Yeah, he really is. Their outside backs helped out a lot, but uh, overall, brilliant standard of game. All the origin players are backed up. Outstanding. Um, it went right down to the wire, and unfortunately, Benji kicked it dead in the 80th minute, their last play well, of the Bennett, game. What so. about Bennett coming out and saying, oh, if, if Benji would have passed, we would have won the game? They didn't have numbers or anything there. Oh, God. Talk about throwing someone under the bus. Yeah. Wayne, I th- think your age is hurting a little bit now. Maybe. I don't know. He's, he's getting a bit strange. Oh, if your if 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 body passes and doesn't kick it, we'll probably win the game. Uh, Come Wayne, on, Wayne, mate. Wayne, Wayne, Wayne. What about the 15 good plays he made on the night? Yeah, exactly. The shit Kenny for the one bad one he's made. Mm. Well, great game overall. Cowboys, Titans, 20 to 6. I'm uh, oh, sorry, 20 to 8. I don't think this was a true reflection as far as uh, the game was concerned. But honestly, the first half for 20 minutes, it was just them camped on your line. Repeat oh, sense, yeah. you know, the uh, Granville... Penalties and just dumb stuff. Errors, and they only managed that one try off Morgan. Um, you know, you replied not long after. Ash Taylor, that play to the ruck with Dale Copley just before half-time, followed by the penalty goal, was pretty good despite being starved, and I was really positive heading into the second half. Well, I thought we're home. I thought that there's no way that yeah. we don't win from there. We've well, had to defend our line for 75% of that half. You would have thought so, but the second half, the toll showed, and you guys just proceeded to do the opposite. They didn't earn those sets. You just dropped the football, gave dumb penalties, and yep. camped them straight back down there. And 
uh, as a result of that, Hess barged over with a very, very cheap try, and the tries weren't great, let's be honest. Oh, terrible. Felt got there off Morgan again, but um, for everything that was thrown at you, it wasn't a whole lot. It was just more the amount of chances that were afforded uh, by the Titans to the Cowboys that gave them that chance with all the territory and pill to win the game. Pretty much. Uh, very disappointing. Obviously, missing Pete's does hurt a little bit, but he's not making a difference in that circumstance. I, he would have he would have added some composure. He definitely didn't, wouldn't have won us a game. No, and uh, I think it's kind of hard to highlight. I thought Hurrell tried hard, but he still made a lot of errors, and that that hair was pretty pretty special. Let's put it that. Way. It, he he was the one. I threw my remote. I didn't smash it, but I threw my remote. He just kept dropping the ball. Yeah, hold the ball, and yeah. it's always when he gets up, it's always someone else's fault. It's a ref's fault, or it's. You know, the guy who had a hand in the right... Just play the ball with two hands. Yeah. I, I, oh, man. I, I, Very frustrating. I struggle, <laughs> I struggle with him. I really, really do. Yeah, well, he's a bit enigmatic, that's for, for sure. For everything good that he does, he does three things bad. Yeah, well, he made about four errors, I think, on the weekend for that good shot and some of the yardage work he'd done. But, but everyone remembers the one good play. Yeah. It shits me to tears. Tom Lolo, Hess, again, obviously stamped his case for origin. And Morgan, like we talked about, he's improved a lot playing both sides of the field while Jonathan Thurston has been missing. Manly, Raiders, 21-20. Another game that I really, really enjoyed. It was all Manly to start with, and you you felt bleak because the Raiders lost Louis, they lost Boyd. They only had two on their bench, and Manly were just rolling downfield, just tearing them apart. I thought Croker got shown up again when we talked about his defense. It was a a pearl of ball by Cherry Evans, as much as it pains me to say, and Walker has been brilliant this year. And um, you know They had a heap of repeat sets and just heaped the pressure on them. Lawrence and Tapia, along with Fenua Blake, have been outstanding. They really, really did a good job. But that's that's as good of a game as I've ever seen Fenua Blake play. Oh, he was outstanding. But second half, the Raiders got some soft points on that short side, some bad D, got Rapana over quite cheaply. And the rest of the half, again, I felt like Manly was in control, but they didn't score a point in the second half. And despite Fenua Blake and Tapia really laying the lines and they got six repeat sets, uh, it was Rapana's solo effort that saved the game for Canberra, basically. He scored that absolute pearl of try. And Cherry yeah. Evans, dumb penalty, um... I don't care where you are on the field, anywhere inside 30, you're an NRL standard goal kicker, you've put yourself in a bad spot. Yeah. And to give that penalty away, whether he was confident Croker would miss it or not, he didn't. And they honestly dodged a bullet with that error in Golden Point, I think. They did. Because if Paulo plays the ball there, they're on a roll, Canberra, and they probably have a shot that set. Not saying it goes over, but the, the, the game looks very different, you're right. Yeah, so I was a little bit disappointed there, but... Uh, again, I hate saying it, but I think Cherry Evans has been quite good. Thought he was good in that game. Walker, but Tapia, Fanua, Blake, Brent, Lawrence. We talk about it again. They're a very workmanlike side. They stick in for each other. There was a few names there I didn't really expect to be giving raps to this year from that side. Thought they'd struggle, but uh, again, I said about Siren at the start of the year, they needed to play to a better stand, and I think even him moving clubs has been really, really good getting that fresh start for him. Yeah. And the last one to finish things off, Dogs and the Panthers, 38-zip. Well, what else do you say? Penrith just rolled through them. Yeah. Offloads, quick play the balls. We finally saw those moves that we wanted. Rain was in the side. Uh, Moylan at six. Harawir and Ira starting, as he should be. And I thought Mara and Tamau, these kind of guys, played their best games as well. But at the same time, I find it hard to take a lot from this because I think the Bulldogs are ordinary. I think they were terrible. They've been bad most of the year, but I thought particularly on the day, they were just they were awful. Terrible. So Terrible. I take nothing out of what Penrith did. Obviously, they were good. However, I want to see them against Canberra this week. Both sides really clunky. Both sides are going to be desperate. I think it's going to be a really good test for both sides to see where they're realistically at. I'm very hard to tip a winner. 
But uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a really, really good yardstick for them because they're both going to be as desperate as one another. Yeah, thought Moylan was pretty good on the attacking side of things. Defensively, like I said, a little bit worried, and I thought uh, a few times he struggled a little bit there. But uh, the way they played, obviously, was much better for Cleary. People finally pushed around the ball. Rain got two tries, proving that he deserves to be there. Edwards, solid job at the back, and nice to see Kikau finally on the bench. For the Bulldogs, I guess it's where do you go from here? Josh Reynolds, obviously, uh, looking to be back this week, but um, as much as he's their heartbeat, I think there's just so much going on at the club, uncertainty about players, players coming and going, and just their attitude in general and the coaching and, and the game style. I don't know what to make of the Bulldogs. Um, They're in big trouble. Very, very hard times, and again, I've called for it. Fitala Mariner, watching Renoff Tuamaga in the 20s. There's got to be some changes. Montoya should be in that side every week. Well, they just re-signed him today, but can't seem to get a run. Find it yeah. strange. I don't know what's going on there, but apparently they've had an honesty session today. We'll have to see how that pans out in the weekend. But Panthers fans, fingers crossed that these changes relate this weekend when they go to play Canberra in Bathurst. But that's the reviews of the games, fan questions, set of six. And uh, obviously we did our game reviews. So now we move on to Mr. Gossip. We'll do our tips and all the odds brought to you by WilliamHill.com. If you're going to have a bet on the NRL or any sport, make sure you do it with William Hill. And we welcome back Mr. Gossip after a Blues win and the Panthers finally showed something. Mate, happy days. What a win it was, too. We, um, we exchanged a few messages before their team, and I said that win without Graham out. I actually put a bit of money on them, but yeah, it didn't seem to just be 30 on points in the hill. But uh, yeah, I think uh, the Bulls were more poor than what we were good, to be honest. But uh, we'll take it in. Mate, you take the wins when you can get them, that's for sure. Uh, I'm probably a little bit of a similar train of thought as what you are. A lot of people flipping out, saying we won by 30, this is it, that's the end of it. We're finally <clears throat> on the right track. But uh, Bulldogs, definitely not that impressive. But on the Blues side of things, um, lost Mitchell Pearce after 50 minutes, makeshift halves pairing, but our forwards absolutely dominated and we still won by 24, considering losing him and obviously uh, you know, having some pretty poor set finishes as well. So pretty good result up there at Suncorp. Yeah, it was terrific. Uh, what a quality game. I copped a little bit on Twitter uh, on the last podcast because I wasn't all that enthusiastic about Origin. It's not that I don't like Origin. It's, it's a bloody ripper, but I just don't like the club football around Origin, so I don't necessarily look forward to this time of year. But, you know, what a, what a fantastic game it was and thanks to um, Walton for selecting a dub side. Yeah, well, let's hope that game two, he sticks with the uh, old loyalty policy and there has been some murmurs that he won't pick Billy Slater if he feels that way and not picking Hess and Wallace. I'm happy with that because we should be winning what game a, two. What an absolute dope if he doesn't pick Slater. Yeah, well, we'll see what happens with uh, Slater and those couple of forwards. But, mate, what's in the gossip bag this week? Uh, it's very quiet, uh, as usual, this time around. Origin time, but we've got a few things here. Stay on the base that seems to be all over the news at the moment. Um, Clemmer. So, the word was on Sunday that he's asked for a release. That's not quite true. Um, he's going to have with third-party payments that haven't been paid to him and promised to him by the Bulldogs and by his manager. He is not getting on with his manager. So, he, he's not getting on the club and his manager, so he's a bit bit peeved off, old Clemmer. So, but at, no, at not one stage has he said that he wants a release. Hopefully things sort, sort out. I'm sure he'll stay at Belmore, but yeah, not a happy place for him at the moment. Look, if he did ask for a list, I'm sure there'd be plenty of clubs that would want to grab him. I know I'd love the Chugan Gabby boy at Penner. 
Yeah, well, I think I read a little bit about this. It's more the problem with uh, his manager. I think it's Dave Riolo, and he wants a separation, and uh, the club's trying to help him in that regard as well. So most of the time when things get ugly with the manager, uh, you know, things tend to solve themselves, but I think he'll be moving on to someone new, given uh, what I've heard is going on with Riolo. So that should be all resolved. Yeah, I think it might be probably a storm in a teacup, really. Yeah, I think Papers just jumped at that one quickly, just over a little bit and threw the, the release rumour out there. But, yeah, I think it's as simple as he's pissed off with Riolo and he's uh, he'll definitely have a new manager, that's for sure. Yeah. One, one player that uh, could be on the outer is Connor Watson from the Roosters. Terrific young fella. I'm hearing that the Storm and the Panthers are, are both keen on him. I know I'd love to have him before you, mate. Mate, well, I don't know quite where he fits in at a lot of clubs. I heard the Tigers were very interested, but my first thought was he wants to play six or fullback where he is. He can't because Tedesco and Kiri are there. If he moved to the Tigers, that has brought Tui Lola here, and they've obviously got Reynolds. So um, probably more of a chance of snagging one of those spots, but he's still going to a club where his path is blocked. So uh, at Penrith, once again, I don't really see the path. If it's fullback, he's got Dylan Edwards, who they've obviously just moved in. Moylan's just moved to six. Um... I don't know quite what he does. At Melbourne, it kind of probably makes a little more sense, but I still haven't seen that much of him that I'm overly keen on him. I think he's a good footballer, that's for sure, and I'm sure he would develop down there, but if it was going to be him and Croft next year or a combination like that, that's very, very young and very, very risky. Mm. Yeah, well, he's going to have to move probably to sort of push ahead of the Roosters' halves and obviously Jake Friend there. So they look pretty established and... Yeah, it's, it's just difficult to see him starting at the Roosters in the foreseeable future. What do you think his best position is? Six, seven, or nine? Oh, who, who knows? He probably hasn't played enough yeah. first grade to really know. Yeah, well, that's the thing. In the juniors, you can't really get a read because talents like him can play absolutely anywhere and they stand out. So uh, a bit like a Jackson Hastings coming through. I watched him play a bit of everything and he did really well at the 20s level, but at first grade level, I don't think he's a nine, to be honest. I think there's way too much traffic in the middle of the field. I think six... Or fullback probably suits him, but uh, yeah, he's a bit free range. He's definitely fast, and he's got no problem taking on the line. He's a little bit like Kira, to be honest. Probably just a little bit more. Uh, I don't know. I'd probably say a little bit tougher. That's no knock on Kiri. He's a little bit bigger than him, but similar kind of player. He's not afraid to dig into the line. That's for sure. Another heavy public sized move that could be on the card. I don't see it personally. But James Maloney, he wants a little bit of top up, and why not? Um, Obviously, the Warriors would love him back there. The Storm as well. Um, I think he'll start Cronulla, but, uh, yeah, it'd be interesting to see him go to another club. He's becoming a bit of a journeyman. Yeah, well, we spoke about this a few weeks ago, and I said of all the people that were whinging, uh, he's done it the right way. He hasn't said anything out in the public. He's talked to the club clearly, um, and he's made a few little slight hints and jokes that everyone's getting paid, and, you know, he'd like to get a slice of the pie, and, if they picked him up for the reported amount of four fifty, five hundred thousand, he's been in three grand finals with three different clubs, played Origin, played for his country. If anyone deserves to get paid, it's somebody like James Maloney, not these mm. snotty little bastards like Mitchell Moses who have <laughs> achieved absolutely nothing yet end up getting an eight hundred thousand dollar payday. Well, the fault in all this is that his manager didn't yeah. organise a contract to come off uh, off his current deal this year, which is. You know, no no fault of uh, James's, obviously, apart from the fact that he should have said, look, I want to come off when the next TV deal goes up. So I guess you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. Like, if he was playing bad football, you'd be glad that he had the extra year. Yeah, but he's got but three the fact years. he's playing good, you know, you'd, you'd like him to be off contract because you know you're going to get a, uh, you know you're going to get a, a bump up. So, 
Look, Cronulla, probably the way to fix this is Cronulla just give him a bump up. Well, you think, honestly, 31, he played for his country at the club, won their first premiership. They put him in their team of 50 years and he's only been there for one season. Yeah. I know he signed a three-year contract, but of all the guys that asked for this money that aren't entitled to it, and we've seen it, all these people that have played well for 12 months, six months, he's established. He's been. In, I still understand the contract situation. They probably should have done a two-year deal to time it to come off this year, but... Um, if Cronulla don't, and I've already seen Chris Hynington and a few players come out and say it, they'd be crazy not to. And I'm sure he's not asking for anything ridiculous like the rest of them are, close to a million nine hundred. But if you're on four hundred and fifty and you see Moses in buyer, Mitchell Moses, these kind of guys cashing in for seven, eight hundred thousand, surely you're looking for a top off of an extra two or three hundred. Yeah, well, I agree. One that I've mentioned in the past couple of podcasts is Nathan Peach. It is a done deal at the time that was signed, still delivered. And Hayne decided to put pen to paper. He will stay with Hayne. I'm hearing it's a three-year deal, which should impress you, Boxhead. Yeah, happy with that. Happy with that. He was the the number one coming off contract. Uh, I'm not overly wrapped that that Hayne's taken his deal, but I you mean it was in, it was in his favour and more because he wasn't getting the money in it elsewhere. So, look, Hayne played well in Origin, but I think we need to see that at um, we need to see it at club level now consistently. Paul Gallen is about to be announced for another one-year deal. Does he have another year in him, boys? I think he does. Yeah, he does. At NRL level, he does, for sure. Yeah, 100%. They manage their training load, um, all that kind of stuff at club land. There's no rep interference. There's nothing like that going on. He's not going to be going on any international duty. So he'll actually have an off-season, and he boxes anyway. So in between that, he stays quite active and whatnot. And to be honest, uh, he's playing outstanding. So uh, one year, there's not real a risk for them, and they don't have to break the bank to keep him either. Yeah, I think they know him well. He did stay there for a couple of years and uh, worked good too, good, kept, kept safe. So, what's one more year? Yeah, 100%. So, not a bad deal for them. I wonder what will happen with Luke Lewis because I think just like Gallon, he's playing outstanding football this year and it would be really interesting to see what happens with his situation. Yeah, we'll keep an eye on that. I'll um, let you know the next podcast. No worries. Well, if that's all the gossip, on to the tips and... Uh, Obviously, this week's picks brought to you by WilliamHill.com. If you're going to have a bet on the NRL or any sport, make sure you do it with WilliamHill.com. Last week, Boxhead, you got four from seven. I got five and Gossip again. Six. He just keeps getting away. Uh, their totals now, we're, we're both equal on 61. He is now on 68. That's all right. So he's still... Only, we've only just hit halfway, mate. I know. Relax. I'm just saying, all, all these all these 50-50s, he just keeps getting them. It's breaking my heart every week. Yeah, well. The tide will turn. Hopefully. Let's hope. But the first game <laughs> of this round is Thursday night. It is the Storm versus the Sharks at the prison. Grand final rematch. Should be a cracker game. Uh, Cameron Smith returns, but there's still some suspect uh, behaviour going on where they're not going to confirm or deny whether he's got that sternum injury. So a little bit worried about that. Otherwise, they're 1-17. to 17. Sharks get all their rep players back as well. Um, I'm going to tip the Sharks. It's at the prison. I think they can get this one done in a very close one, but it wouldn't surprise me either way. No, I'll tip the Storm. Uh, the Sharks have been unconvincing, I think. They've been winning, but unconvincing, so I'll stick with the Storm. I think Billy Slater will be looking for another big game, and those Storm players, your Cronks, your Smiths, and these guys that are going to go to Origin after this, I think they'll be looking for a big performance. And They were hammered uh, and, and out muscled by uh, the Sharkies down in Melbourne in that wet game. So I think they'll be looking for a, a little bit of redemption in a, a few few different regards, particularly the last two performances against the Sharks. Gossip, what do you reckon, mate? Mate, you're a 
to your old tricks, aren't you? They tip it against the storm so they win. Reverse jinx, so, mate. That's it, brother. So, because you said that, I'm going to storm. Well, I think somebody quite creepily posted every single time I tipped against the storm the whole time I've had the podcast, <laughs> which I found quite disturbing. Well, but yeah. when I've done it, it is only one time I've been wrong out of about 14. You puts the lotion on it, the skin. Otherwise, it gets the hose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, so... Well, that's what I'm going to storm, mate. That's a pretty ridiculous stat, though. It was like one from 14 where I went the reverse jinx where it didn't pay off. So you blokes are probably on the oh, money, yeah. but with willemhill.com, <laughs> as you'd expect... Grand final rematch, two cracker sides, $1.91 a piece, uh, minus half a point is a line in favour of Melbourne. Overs, unders on this game, I reckon it's probably a good bet as well. 33.5, I like the unders on that. 1 to 12 for both sides, 290, 13 plus. $5 Friday night, Manly versus Newcastle. Manly can't take a trick as far as injuries. Lost another player to Fua, who I thought was back to some better form. Uh, this year, Tom Trevojevic in an extended squad, a lot earlier than what he should be with that Cinder's Moses injury. Highly doubt <coughs> that he plays, but other than that, no changes for them. For Newcastle, Sam Stone is out. Uh, they've got a long extended bench as always, so God knows what'll happen with them, but otherwise, same side. Uh, you've got to tip Manly, surely. Manly's yeah. won me over now after what I've seen. Same. Yeah, Manly. Yeah. Once upon a time, this was a, a massive rivalry, these two clubs. Um, hopefully, it gets back to that. But yeah, you've, you've got to tip Manly. I thought. Um, Newcastle were really disappointing against the Storm. I know it was Storm at Melbourne, but they just they looked a bit lethargic to me. So, yeah, I think Manly, Manly were plenty. Yep, and they are the favourites with WilliamHill.com. $1.20 favourites, four sixty five for Newcastle, minus 13.5 is the line. 1 to 12 for Manly, 13, uh, sorry, $3.50, for the Knights, $1.85, plus for Manly, and $13 for Newcastle. Second Friday night game, as always, the Broncos getting back to their weekly routine of Friday night football. They go up against the Bunnies, who have been absolutely deplorable. Uh, Milford's back in. Everyone else is on board for that side. On the flip side of things here, Braden Burns, Goodwin, Tyrrell, Jason Clark. So a couple of guys out of there that could possibly come in. Robbie Rocco has been moved out of the side. So uh, nothing's going to sway me to be tipping south from what I've seen. I'll stick with Brisbane. Yeah, Broncos. Yeah, easy one here, Broncos. Yeah, Souths have got some major problems going on inside that club. I think it's more than just salary cap management, coaching, player group. There's something definitely wrong there. But William Hill agree with us. $1.25 for the Broncos, four oh five for Souths. Minus 11.5 is the line. 1 to 12 Broncos, $3.05 for Souths. 13 plus Broncos, $2, $12 for Souths. And Super Saturday kicks off the Hoodoo game. It's the Titans versus the Warriors. And for some reason, Brock... I don't know if you can explain it, because I certainly can't. They always seem to do your mob in, regardless yeah, of do. what because form Because they're, they're bigger. In. They're bigger, and we're just as bad in terms of how spontaneous our performances are. Dispirit- yeah. Well, spontaneous is probably not the right word. Sporadic. They're just... Who knows? Like, the Titans defended their line for 25 minutes the other night and still couldn't win that game. Led, led 8-6 at half time and had no ball, and then in the second half just shit the bed. Like I, <laughs> they frustrate the hell out of me. So, And then they'll, they'll come out and roll, roll a good side. Uh, that, let's, let's be honest. Like If you're a top-eight side, you should, regardless of whether it's at North Queensland, you should be able to go up there with the guys they've got out. And, you know, I know we had Pete's out and we had a few excuses, but really, when you, when you line the squads up, the Titans should have been winning that game uh, and they, they couldn't manage to do it. The Warriors, I watched them on Friday night live. I've watched them twice live now. I watched them against Parramatta and Penrith. And they, they are so sporadic. They, for 10 minutes there, you think they're, they're going to put 50 on. And then in the next 10 minutes, they look like they don't want to be there. So 
Yeah. I, I don't know. Like, good luck with this one. I, I know, well, the Warriors have got a good record against the Titans, so I'll, I'll back the Warriors based on that. But my tips have been dog shit this year, so I'd go probably the opposite. It means the Titans will win. I'm going to stick with the Warriors even after the weekend. I said I wouldn't because they've just stabbed me every time I've tipped them, every time I've bet on them, every time I've even looked at them in a way and thought, you know what, they might win this week. But uh, purely because all I can remember is them beating you all the time, I will stick with them with absolutely zero confidence. And for them, James Garvey's out. Other than that, no changes. Your mob, you get Nathan Peets back in. Otherwise, same side. But Gossip, what do you reckon? I'm going to tie in with Warriors. I think Nathan Peets back there is going to... Um, he's full of confidence at the moment. What a ripper game he had to, to the Blues. I think he'll bring that with him. I think they'll be pumped, and um, yeah, I think they'll they'll do the worries. Yeah, well, hopefully Jared Hayne turns up as well for the club instead of just that one-off game in Origin. And with William Hill, they are the favourites of Titans at home. A dollar seventy-two, two fifteen for the Warriors. Minus two and a half is the line. One to twelve Titans, three dollars three fifty for New Zealand. Thirteen plus Titans, three sixty-five dollars for the Warriors. Now. This game is a hard one to pick as well because the form lines are quite checkered. But Panthers, Raiders, it's out there in Bathurst. They finally made the move that we'd been calling for all year. Mitchell Rain straight into start, obviously not off the bench. Moylan to six because he's been bitching and moaning about it and Dylan Edwards to fullback. I think the big key as well that's probably understated is Mansour coming back last week doing yeah. the one thing they mm-hmm. hadn't been doing, starting their sets mm-hmm. well, getting off direct, and then they were playing fast off the back of it. So... Uh, him and Corey Harrow were an Ira. Again, I'm, I'm really, really impressed how he's coming to first grade. Uh, I thought he was going to play first grade, but he's exceeded my expectations. So, uh, looking at the Canberra side of things, Louis done his ACL. Shannon Boyd's out as well. Royce Hunt, watched a fair bit of him for Mounties. He gets his debut. Solid player, but looking at their bench with him and Priesty this week, I think it's a little bit light on. And Soliola playing up front. <clears throat> I'm going to back the Panthers. Yeah, I'm going to back the Panthers. Uh... The Raiders, you know, I'm very guilty of this. I'm very guilty of backing them last just waiting year. for last year's form to come around. Same. And there's just, there's no sign it's going to happen. So until it does, and until they win a few in a row, I shan't be tipping them. So I'm tipping the yeah, Panthers. No, I agree. The Panthers will get their fourth in a row. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. The Raiders just look appalling. Uh, they were lucky to get back to Golden Point against Man. They didn't deserve to be, but uh, no, yeah, they were terrible. <clears throat> they didn't. Yeah, well, losing a couple. The bench is getting a bit lighter, and they're feeling the pinch now from letting that depth go. Vaughn, Jared Kennedy, a couple of guys they pushed out. Uh, they're getting a bit light on, so see what happens this week. But that's in Bathurst with William Hill. The Panthers are the favourites, a dollar eighty-two. The Raiders two dollars minus one and a half is the line. One to twelve Panthers, three fifteen, three thirty for the Raiders. Thirteen plus Penrith, four dollars, four fifty for the Raiders, and it closes out in Darwin. Parramatta Eels take their game up there against the North Queensland Cowboys. Ray Thompson <coughs> is out, so finally Kyle Labart, young bloke who played some 20s up there, played a bit of Q Cup. They've got big wraps on him. He gets his debut at number six, otherwise the Cowboys are unchanged. David Gower, Josh Hoffman out for the Parramatta side, so on the bench. Uh, I think they've got Bo Scott returning, and Nathan Davis, who obviously played a little bit for the Titans, returned to Parramatta this year. He gets a run on the wing. This one I find super difficult. Um, I think mainly for the travel factor and losing a couple of players again. I'm going to tip the Cowboys, but I'm very suspect because Corey Norman's on an extended bench wearing 21. Um, but just given the travel and the fact they've had a few battles and lost some players, I will stick with the Cowboys. Yeah, Cowboys. But zero, zero faith in it. Yeah. I'm going to go to the Eels, boys. I like what I see from the past couple of weeks. Um... Yeah, for some reason I just think they're 
I'll tell you what, Nathan Brown, I thought, was a good player. And then last year, I thought he was, uh, you know, showing some great signs of improvement. This year, he's been absolutely exceptional. He's leading that forward pack on his own. And, uh, what a brilliant player and a brilliant buy that's turned out to be. But William Hill agreed with us. They can't split him. A dollar ninety-one apiece. This is a very strange week as far as a couple of games just being that tight. Uh, the line in favour, minus one and a half to the Cowboys. Uh, and one to twelve, both sides three dollars ten, four fifty, thirteen plus for both those sides as well. Tigers versus the Roosters. It's the lone Sunday game we have this week. Uh, the Tigers showed a little bit more fight last week. You could see that they'd worked on their defence. They really tried to slow the Dragons down, and it did frustrate them a little bit in the end. But this Roosters side, they've got everybody back on deck. Mitchell Pearce is there. They're chopped and loaded. I reckon they'll put an absolute score on the Tigers. Yeah, Roosters. I don't know whether they'll put a score on, but. Uh, I think they'll win. Yeah, Roosters uh, a fairly easy one for me. Where's that game at? The Roosters game. That yeah, one is at Campbelltown. Campbelltown. What is it? Sunday. I might go and have a look. Sunday at Campbelltown. Then the odds for that one. The Roosters heavy favourites with William Hill a dollar twenty-seven three eighty-five for the Tigers minus eleven and a half is the line. One to twelve Tigers five dollars three dollars Roosters thirteen plus Tigers twelve dollars two dollars Roosters in the last game. Queen's birthday, got to love a public holiday, extra long weekend. It is the dogs who were absolutely spew-worthy on the weekend. I, that game, just watching them, was sad. And uh, there's only one change, that's Garvey being out of the side there. They've got their extended bench. Frawley has been put on the bench. Josh Reynolds returns this week, so hopefully that brings some spirit back to the side. But uh, the Dragons, they're unchanged. I thought they were a little bit frustrated last week, to be honest. I thought they could have won by a lot more. I thought they just wouldn't die on a play. There were so many times where they just pushed an offload, pushed a pass. They looked like it scored at any moment, but uh, expect them to be better this week, so I'm sticking with the Dragons. Dragons. The dogs suck. <laughs> Guess what, boys? You're not. I'm tipping the dogs. Oh, Jesus. I'm tipping the dogs. I tell you what, I've been watching football a long time, and every time the Bulldogs do this, they go away, they think to themselves, they have a good chin way, and they come back and they win and they bounce back. They'll win on, they'll win on Monday. I hope they burn. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, I listened to this today, Triple Eb, everyone going on about dogs of war, rah, rah, this and that. They had a bonding session. They cancelled training today. As far as I'm concerned, they're not trying. The coach has not changed anything in four years. They're the most boring team in the end. I'd rather watch Newcastle get pummeled by 40. At least they try. No bonding session is going to save you from the fact you're bad at football. No beers is going to save you for the fact that your front rowers are your halves. I just... I'm confused. I think Des is confused. They were saying he's a mad scientist. Well, I think if fucking scientists could work out that what they're doing is not working. Des is like, what if we go from being the most complex side <laughs> to the most boring batshit side? What? We'll fool everyone. What if Sam Cassiano just ran the football yeah. and all my front rowers didn't try to pass? Yeah. For fuck's sake, Des Hasler. <laughs> sort it out. <laughs> Mate, if the Dragons do put a score on them, what does that mean to the Bulldogs thing? Oh, well, they've just re-signed him. Silly, yeah, silly. Know, uh, plenty of money to, to, to get rid of him, surely. And Ooh. the fans, the fans are starting to beat the drum. He didn't turn up to the fan forum on nah. uh, after the game. So yeah, happy. The fans have got the taste. They're like an angry great white. They've got a bit of blood in the mouth. But you know what? This is more than that. This is the Ray Dib situation. Ray Lane Castle getting yeah. pushed out. There's a lot going on. Oh. And he, he hung his hat, or he hung his hat on Kieran Foran. He basically hung that card out there saying, oh. he's not coming without me. Kieran loves him. That's all well and good, but like I said the other week, 
I don't think there's enough help there even for Kieran Foran, and it's showed right now. Well, he can't even help the Warriors. I've so. watched uh, Kieran Foran run around twice live, and his hamstring shot. He's bung, isn't he? He's gone. He's, his str- he's still shot. playing like a champion. But he's tough as all hell, but he's his hamstring's gone. Yeah, he's ready to break down, <clears throat> poor Kieran. But William Hill, there with us on this one. The Dragons are a dollar forty-eight. The Dogs two seventy minus six is the line. One to twelve Dragons three dollars. Four dollars for the Dogs. Thirteen plus two seventy-five for the Dragons. Six fifty for the Dogs. So a couple of different there. Gossip, you've hung your hung your nutsack out there like you usually do and taken a few random swings. I hope the Bulldogs <laughs> won't shoot in the foot, but knowing your luck this year, they'll probably end up winning by thirty. He's plus. just tipped a he's just tipped a perfect round, guys. <laughs> <laughs> just follow his tips because whatever we do, it just burns. Yeah, we've got nothing. Golden point. I haven't got one golden point result this year. It's killing me. No. <laughs> put well, your put your remotes out for Brock this weekend. Yeah, smash your remotes. Put him out. <laughs> Well, fingers crossed, mate. The Panthers keep on the same track for you and keep the momentum rolling and enjoy your time in the man cave this week. Don't get up to too much mischief. Oh, I always do, boys. And, yeah, four in a row would be lovely. I hope my penny Panthers can get on a run. That would be fantastic. No worries, champion. We'll talk to you next week. <clears throat> See you, guys. See you, man. <clears throat> Mr. Gossip, those odds and the tips brought to you by WilliamHill.com. If you're going to have a bet on the NRL or any sport, make sure you do it. With William Hill, Brock, charity bet. We got burned again by the Warriors, didn't we? Yep. New South Wales did us a solid, but then the Warriors just came and face planted and brought us back to reality. I sure did. Cold, cold world. Well, cold bloody. <sighs> well, that wraps us up for another week here on the fifth and last NRL podcast. Make sure you get on iTunes, and if you really enjoy the show, rate us, review us. Any feedback, any questions, anything, feel free to post on the page. Inbox me and Brock, and we'll do our best to answer those questions but please if you're a loyal listener out there iTunes rate and review the show and check out Brock's article that he wrote it's posted up on the page about wrestling in the game it's an absolutely outstanding read but for now thank you to WilliamHill.com for our charity bets our charity account if you're going to have a bet on the NRL or any sport make sure you do it with WilliamHill.com and the only thing left for you to do is to enjoy your week and enjoy your rugby league Bring it on, give us more, give us more. Where are you going? Where, what, 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 what's going on here?